Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Call. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers. Hook em up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Thursday on the Horn. Hook em up with Ian Rod B. Rolls on. Hour two of our five-hour morning conversation. Appreciate you being there. However you do find us. Could be 1019 FM. Could be AM 1260. Of course, always streaming for you at hornfm.com. And certainly on that Horn app. Downloaded your smartphone. Touch of a button. You've got us wherever you are. All over the 512. All over the great state. All over the world. Each and every morning. Wrapping up and putting a bow on football season. That continues. Now looking forward as well to the uh, the evaluation season of football. That'll lead to acquisition season, then Texas spring football. A lot to come there, but also uh, shifting some gears to some basketball. We are talking about the NBA earlier and uh, uh, the report that LeBron James was possibly almost traded to the Golden State Warriors oh, before the trade deadline last week. And what a story that would have been. That would have been big. Uh, but we did talk. That led to a conversation in our first hour of, you know, when LeBron and whatever your opinion of LeBron James is and Steph Curry, those two guys have carried the, uh, I mean, carried the league on their shoulders for the last 20 years yep. uh, as far as popularity and, you know, the two biggest stars. And, you know, who's going to be the face of basketball when those two guys do retire? Because it'll happen. Well, the face of basketball, it, that's easy. Who's the American-born face? Sure. Right. I mean, the face is clear, right? It's, that's Nikola Jokic. That's, that's Giannis. I mean, that's, those guys are great. Luka's going to be the future face of it. I, my question is, if you want to appeal to Americans, you need an American-born superstar. You just do. And we've seen that throughout other major sports when you do have the European influence, the outside of American influence, which is great because it means the sport's growing, the sport's popular all around the world. You have an elite now uh, prospects that can be drafted to that sport. That's, that's really good for the overall health. But what about the health of the kind of the American game itself? And I think when you don't have the American-born star, sometimes it's tougher to promote the sport yeah, to Americans. That's exactly what I'm saying. Face meaning who's going to turn on television sets. I mean, that's, that's the yeah. question. Uh, we know the basketball is going to be of high quality because there are players playing from all over the world, coming yeah. from all over the world. But Product uh, is healthy. Yeah, but. Product's good, but who's going to turn on TVs? Who, who, who drives exactly. the needle? Um, who makes people care, right? I mean, uh, that's the conversation that will be had. And obviously LeBron's still playing right now, so he still is the biggest conversation day by day, uh, Steph Curry. But mm-hmm. here's a text we got on that uh, conversation. This is a parent of a player. Our AAU system is broken. You have to pay coaches outside the system to work on go. skills. All these programs looking for wins, not player development. Lazy coaching. Throw your five best athletes out there, fast break, and full court press uh, the opponents all game. No, that, and that's been going on for a while. That's not, that's not new. Yeah, but uh, maybe now we're starting to see the effect of the American oh, players I think so. and why they have not necessarily risen yep. to to prominence in that regard. Correct. I mean, and it's not just – I mean, there's talent, but the talent around the globe is talented too, and they're being developed at a better, in a better way. So yep. they come in mm-hmm. as better players. 
And, uh, yeah, that's going to be a problem, obviously, for the NBA moving forward in the, the sport. The sport's healthy as far as talent, without a doubt. But it is. Just the, and we said the same thing in, in the sport of golf when Tiger Woods was gone for a while. I mean, there's a lot of good players, but who's turning on TV sets? Who's, mm-hmm. who's selling tickets? Who's making it interesting? That becomes a huge question. Obviously, okay. the game, sport of football doesn't have any problem with that. It's an American game, and uh, it is as popular as it's ever been and, and getting more popular. Uh, all right, we'll get to those headlines, Rod. Right? I wanted to give you the top five because I said uh, the, 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 the – Person who invented Pop Tarts has passed away at the age of 96. Mm. I don't know how many Pop Tarts he ate because he lived to be 96. Yeah, so you're basically saying it was poison anyway. <laughs> well, this is yes. a list from uh, uh, medical um, nutritionists, right? That these are the most unhealthy five snacks you can eat. Okay, Pop Tart uh, was number one? No, three. Pop Tart was number three. Nutella is number five. Nutella. I don't eat Nutella. It's disgusting. Uh, one of the most unhealthy styles. Extremely high sugar content oh, yeah. in such a small serving size. And kids love it, too. They eat it with breakfast. They, and, it, it, and the thing about Nutella is one of those things. It is basically has great marketing because it has promoted itself as healthy. Really? Yeah. Nutella kind of promotes it. Hey. Young people think it's healthy. For some reason, they think it's like a healthy alternative. And it's, it's like, like people, it ain't. people in line at Chick-fil-A because it's healthy. Yeah, they're like, Come yeah, on, man. It's, fried, it's fried chicken. Fried, fried chicken, chicken. <laughs> on a bun. They were like, it's healthy. It was like, it's fried chicken. <laughs> but yeah, exactly, right? But Chick-fil-A has promoted itself to a point where like, no, 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 no. We're not usual fast food. We're a healthier version of fast food. And it's like, are you a healthier version? Or are you just great at promoting your propaganda that you're healthier? Yeah. That's what Nutella is. Nutella is Chick-fil-A. How about That's this one? That's a great point. This one will surprise you. Uh, snack pack chocolate vanilla pudding. Ah, uh, pudding. Those little snack packs, the puddings. I never eat pudding, so I don't. So I'm, I'm good. I don't need Nutella or pudding. I'm good. You're good on that. I'm good. I don't eat these. Three with pop tarts, and we told you why because of the uh, the high sodium, lots of sugar, lots of processed food, and the frosting can't be good for you. And I stopped eating that as a as a teenager. There you go. Yeah, I don't know the last time I had one. How about this one? Uh, what is this? Snyder's hot buffalo wing pretzel pieces. Hot buffalo even, wing pretzel pizzas. I mean, what is this? So it's, a pre, it's pretzel? Yeah, it's a, uh, a Snyder's of Hanover pretzel pieces with the Ty hot buffalo that. wing flavor. I'm going to guess Ty's tried that. Ty, you ever I had have those? no idea what that is. See, I don't know what that is either, actually. And number one on the list of most unhealthy snacks, Nabisco's Ritz Bits Cheese Crackers. Hold up. A Ritz cracker? Is that unhealthy? Well, with the cheese between it. I'm not with a fan of got... any of those things you mentioned. I'm okay, proud of myself. Yeah, you're good. Uh, yeah, because you know the Ritz cracker isn't healthy. Where it's not terrible, but then you put that that whatever. It's almost like a cheese whiz, cheese whiz Ugh. in between. Yeah, <laughs> you, cheese whiz is gross. Cheese whiz that doesn't break down very good. Though. Yeah, that can't be good. Also, if you're paying attention to the top ten, Oreos are number six. Cheetos are number seven. Chips Ahoy original chocolate chip cookies are number eight. Uh, nacho cheese Doritos number nine on the list. Yeah, that makes sense. And number ten, crunchy Cheetos. So I don't eat anything. I think only thing on there that I would eat is like Oreos back in the day. I, I can mash a couple of Oreos, but Oreos, you know, Oreos are bad for you. Anybody, nobody's fooled by that. Everybody knows Oreos are terrible for you. <laughs> but they're damn good. They're damn good, right? You know yeah, that, that. Everything in moderation. Yeah. I don't know what that right frosting is, but it can't be good for you. Can't be good. So, what, is, what is that? What do they call that? I don't know the what frosting the, the, in an, yeah, yeah inside an Oreo. I don't know what it is, but it's unhealthy. It's delicious though. But they do have thinner Oreos now. They're like the really tiny thin ones. They're like half of the cookie, uh, basically half the size of the cookie from the normal Oreo. 
Then they got double stuffed Oreos, which, oh, my God, you got to just be – you got to hate yourself. You just mash <laughs> double stuffed Oreos. Somebody mentioned uh, when we went to the break, somebody suggested Twinkies. But Twinkies, Hostess oh. Twinkies, number 12. Number 12. Yeah, that sounds like that's horrible for you. Yeah. Anything in that, like that, that Hostess category there, those little, cin- those little cinnamon buns and little cinnamon rolls yeah. and stuff like that, honey buns. Honey buns got to be terrible, too. They do. Honey buns got to be really bad for you. Oh, uh, I got Hot Pockets at 13. Hot Pockets. Uh, and it goes on and on. It's all the things you know are bad for you. Honestly, I don't eat a lot of stuff on there. Me either. I'm good. I mean, I'm uh, good on that. I but, try not to eat fast food or a lot of snack food. See, but that, yeah, that's, see, that's, a, that's a bad snack food. I would love for him to rank the unhealthiest fast foods. I can find you that. Then Ty's in trouble. Then that's, that's what Ty, it's going to kill Ty. Ty's uh, gut will explode. Yeah. Hey, let's get to your headlines, your top stories. Rod's got a rant coming up. We'll take your uh, uh, worst snack food that you do consume too often. Let's get to that news, though. Top stories presented by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Yeah, and uh, starting the NFL. And obviously the top story came in Kansas City yesterday with the tragedy after the Super Bowl parade and just absolutely horrifying. Uh, But there was NFL news on the mundane side of things, uh, including on the same day the Kansas City Chiefs announced a contract extension for their defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo. The San Francisco 49ers announced that they're relieving their defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes of his duties after just one season following their loss to uh, KC in the Super Bowl. Wilkes was there just one year after taking over for D'Amico Ryans, who left to become the Texans head coach. Up in Dallas, meanwhile, Cowboys officially introduced Mike Zimmer as their new defensive coordinator at a press conference. Team announced that their current defensive backs coach, Al Harris, is being retained. He will be part of that staff. College Hoops, five in a row now for the Texas women. They're number five in the country, and they've won five straight. They beat Houston last night, 82-66. Madison Booker once again led the way. The fabulous freshman, 23 points, seven rebounds. Horns now 10-3 and three in the Big 12. For the first time in five years, we know the Texas men not playing a midweek game in the Big 12 between Saturday contests. Uh, Rodney Terry's Longhorns certainly hope to make the most of a little extra rest and prep in the middle of the Big 12 meat grinder. They'll travel to third-ranked Houston on Saturday at noon to face the third-ranked Cougars. Uh, in uh, the NBA, Texas trio in action last night for the final time ahead of the All-Star break. Up in Dallas, Mavericks ran their win streak to six. They beat the Spurs 116-93. Kyrie Irving led the way with 34. Rockets lost in Memphis 121-116. In NASCAR, Joey Logano earned the poll for this Sunday's Daytona 500 in qualifying last night. And in golf, a star-studded field tees off this morning in L.A. It's the first round of the Genesis Invitational at Riviera, the third signature event of the PGA Tour season so far. It includes nine of the top 10 players in the world rankings. And, oh, yeah, it also includes a guy named Tiger Woods making his season debut. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Uh, all right. We'll get into uh, in Rod's Round today. I want to talk a little bit about um, Shano and really the, um, the ousting of Steve Wilkes. I wonder if the Cowboys actually can think about bringing in Steve Wilkes. He's, he's really a, an accomplished defensive mind. I think he was put in a situation where Shano wants him to run a certain system, and I'm not even sure that's Steve Wilkes' system. I'm not even sure to see how comfortable Steve Wilkes was actually running that system. So I want to talk a little bit about that because I think the Cowboys may actually end up, you know, at least considering it, bringing in Steve Wilkes. He's a smart dude. Uh, somebody said, by the way, on our, our conversation of uh, Vern Malunquist retiring, said, uh, somebody said, I recently met Vern Malunquist and his wife shopping at HEB on Lake Austin Boulevard. I think he's living here. Very nice man. That oh, wouldn't be surprising go. at all. That wouldn't be surprising at all. He did go to Austin High and um, a, a Texan through and through. Um, t- how old is he? 83. Ooh. 83. Damn. Yeah, I mean, Vern Malunquist. 83 he, he, young. Yeah. That's, that's he, a, okay. He, he needs to retire years ago then, potentially. <laughs> 
Well, you know, we're, we're broadcasters. We can do this for a long time, Rob. We just keep on rolling <laughs> because it's, uh, you know, and he's been. No, he's, he's great. I'm just, I didn't know he was that old, actually. He's been a part of some of the biggest calls, famous calls for sure. Uh, which, you know, and then if he's listening, we appreciate our man Vern. You got Lundquist. some good play-by-play folks that live in this area, too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. There you go. No doubt. Uh, all right, we'll get to Rod's rant. We're also talking uh, most unhealthy foods, uh, which we'll get to. Also, the uh, Cowboys, we're going to try to find some. Mike Zimmer, they had a press conference, introduce him. Uh, it's going to be real interesting to see how that plays out, as you said, in uh, the, just the facts. He brings a lot of discipline to the Cowboys, hopefully. Um, he's, you know, absolutely of a different style of uh, what Dan Quinn was. Yep. Uh, and it might be just what the Cowboys need uh, as, far as, as far as our defense goes because it was a really good defense. And Mike Zimmer said as much, that, you know, really talented defense. We just have to, to maximize it, make a few changes, and, uh, you know, get this thing. He doesn't have a long way to go, I guess, would be the point. It's not, like, it's not like when Dan Quinn came in and was replacing Mike Nolan and it was the worst defense arguably in the history of the organization. Uh, yeah. He's coming into a really good defense that just didn't play very good in big games. Um, yeah, and I think there, you know, there are certain, um, I think there are certain ex- ways they were exposed and certain vulnerabilities that I think Mike Zimmer will immediately remedy. Um, and that's the rush defense. I think a lot of Cowboys fans were frustrated that the Dan Quinn defense did seem to be exposed when they played power run teams, um, and you could run on the Cowboys. I think with Mike Zimmer, it won't be as easy just to go into a game plan and and go into a, a game and decide, all right, we're going to run the ball against the Cowboys, and that way we can avoid having to deal with their really sophisticated pressure packages. We can avoid the strength of the defense, which is – their ability to get after the quarterback, um, and we can limit the turnovers, which is also something that Dan Quinn's defense did really well. Remember, they they led the NFL in takeaways in back-to-back years. That was the first time that any team had done that since the, the steel curtain. <laughs> so that was a, a defense was really opportunistic, and that defense made a lot of plays. And it was a very modern defense, but because of its very modernized concepts, it almost was too modern and and based on too many hybrid philosophies, made it vulnerable to just old school power run game. And I, I think they were trying to fix this why they drafted Mozzie Smith. That's why they drafted you know Demarvion Overshaw, another linebacker. They were trying to fix the rush defense. At least I think Dan Quinn was, but he obviously is a head coach now and moving on, so that's no longer his responsibility. But that was I think the last tweak for him was going to get to try to get Stout in the middle, and that's why even that that um, that mock draft we saw from Pro Football Focus that has him taking Devondre Sweat. Yep. I actually could see that it, him being there in the second round if Dan Quinn was still trying to fix that defense. Now, I'm not sure if that's the way that Mike Zimmer is going to go about it. Uh, for Dan Quinn, it was easy. You just needed bigger bodies. You needed more girth. You needed more size. You needed more force run defenders in the middle of that defense. You just didn't have enough of them. Remember, they went out and traded for Jonathan Hankins because they needed him, drafted Mozzie Smith. They kept trying to kind of reinforce what they believe was the remedy to fix that defense. And it was just, it was just too vulnerable to the run game. For sure. Uh, we saw him get gashed, obviously, by the Packers. The yeah. uh, Niners the first time in the regular season. Also the Bills. Arizona Cardinals you know, gashed him for big rushing yeah. yards this year. It's, it's the only a, way to beat him. Yeah, it is because uh, you can't – the pass rush is so good and their coverage behind it is really good. Yep. Uh, so, you, you know, but you got to fix that run game. Uh, Leighton Van Der Esch's injury was critical to them too. That hey, let's uh, get Rod's first rant of a Thursday morning. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. 
All right, let's talk uh, about an idea that I think could be interesting, um, and it could be a blessing in disguise for Shannon. We talked about how the 49ers are going to be looking for a new defensive coordinator. I told you guys weeks ago I thought that 49ers would move on uh, from Steve Wilkes, and it's not all his fault. They brought him into a situation where, you know, I, you know, I have my rule of three. Right? It's hard to, to – to really to, to draft or to acquire or to hire three greats in a row. Right? It's just really tough. The Pittsburgh Steelers might be one of the only organizations that did it. They got three Hall of Fame head coaches. Uh, they all hired three Hall of Fame head coaches in a row. Um, but that is, like I said, that's rare. That's usually the, uh, that's, that's the exception and not the rule. And most of the time, if you have two great um, acquisitions in a row or two, high, two great hires in a row, it's going to be hard to get the third. And I think that's the case for the San Francisco 49ers. Robert Sala was a grand Sam home run promoted from within at D.C. Same thing with D'Amico Ryans. Those guys goes on, go on to head coaching jobs. And then Steve Wilkes is expected to run the same system, even though he did not come up through that system with the 49ers. Robert Sala did, and so did D'Amico Ryans. They were – I mean, that was a defense. D'Amico Ryan was a defensive quality control coach under Robert Sala, under Shanahan, and then became the inside linebackers coach. Eventually, was promoted to defensive coordinator, and I think it helps in terms of the familiarity and and really them running the system. The only system that they really know is that system that on defense that Shanahan likes, that is complementary and compatible with his style of play, and I think. For Steve Wilkes, unfortunately, he was asked to run something that he was unfamiliar with. He was asked to um, use a coaching staff that he did not assemble. He did not assemble that coaching staff. That was a coaching staff that he inherited that Shano decided, hey, man, I like these coaches. Um, And he's really hands-on on picking his coaching staff. He's also really hands-on on deciding what type of system they're going to run there, and that's the same system they've run since they've had Robert Sala there. I do think it was a little unfair to Steve Wilkes that he was you know, forced in that position, didn't assemble the staff, forced to run a defense that he was not really attuned with and, and not really familiar with. And I still think he did a decent job, especially in the Super Bowl. I mean, they held him to under 20 points in regulation. Um, but one of the ideas, and like I said, we haven't really heard any reports of actually who the 49ers are going to consider uh, for that defensive coordinator position. Um, but one of the things that uh, apparently was a big topic of conversation was the, were the comments from Nick Bosa. Um, apparently Nick Bosa said the 49ers weren't prepared for the read option. Uh, the Chiefs used on the game-winning drive. And uh, Kyle Shanahan to call that timeout that uh, my man e referenced earlier that he didn't like a cover zero call during the game. Um, and that also was one of the more uh, disputed, uh, controversial calls um, for Steve Wilkes in that Super Bowl. But I thought Steve Wilkes' game plan in the Super Bowl actually was really, really good. And one of the things that I, I do think that may have – I don't know why Bosa is throwing this defensive coordinator on the bus – those two runs by uh, – when I went back and watched it by Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl and the design kind of triple option runs, modern triple option runs that the Andy Reid utilized, they didn't even block Bosa. He, went, he was unblocked. They chose not to block him. And then he crashed down, and <laughs> that was really what led to Patrick Mahomes having a wide open edge to run around because they didn't block Bosa. I think his pride was hurt more than anything that he, he was unblocked. 
And yeah, when he was unblocked, they just gave him they gave him what he wanted, right? He, he wanted red meat. He was unblocked, and he crashed down hard on those uh, those zone read read option plays. He crashed down hard on those option plays and ended up just letting the edge go. And Patrick Mahomes made the most of it. So I'm sure Bosa was a little upset about that, and maybe he was told that if he goes unblocked to crash down by a defensive coordinator, not really sure. Um, but one of the ideas that, that's circulating around the Bay Area right now, and I don't know how much of it is substantive or not, but there is a, a, there's a rumor going around. Um, because Shanahan and this coach are really, really tight, and I know how close they are uh, because my man Shano has told me for years how close he and Bill Belichick are, there's talk that Shano could go after Bill Belichick. Ooh. Now, we know he's not afraid to swing for the fences and, but, and miss, potentially, right, to swing and whiff. He's the same guy that tried to go get Tom Brady. Uh, when Brock Purdy was dealing with the injury and coming and rehabbing and recovering from that surgery, he went after Tom Brady and told Brock Purdy straight up, listen, man, I'm going after Tom Brady. If I can get Brady, I'm, he's going to be the starter, all right? That's the only way you won't be the starter is if I go get the GOAT to be the starter. Otherwise, you're our starter. But if I can go upgrade and go get him, I'm going to get him. And there is talk because they're really close, and I, I know for a fact that Chano has st- – gone you know to study bill bill study with bill belichick um and he's had a, a line of communication open with bill belichick he and the shanahan family for years and there is talk that if he wants to try to put this this championship formula over the top for the 49ers that bill belichick could be the way to do it will bill belichick be open to that that's a different conversation altogether um, but I love the I, I love the all-in philosophy, um, and you need a Bel- listen Belichick. We know as a head coach, yes, there's a lot to be desired there, the Patriot way and all all that. But as a defensive mind, there's no question he's one of the best defensive minds in the history of football, and he was actively involved with the defensive game planning for the Patriots, and the Patriots still had one of the better defenses in the league, right? Um, when he was the head coach of the Patriots. Um, this is something that I support, and I hope that it actually is a real uh, possibility that Shannon would upgrade and go get Belichick. You're going to end up meeting Patrick Mahomes again, and that's one thing that it doesn't seem like you know Shannon can avoid meeting up with a goat in the Super Bowl, whether it's a Tom Brady or whether it's a Patrick Mahomes. So if you get there again, you're going to end up seeing Patrick Mahomes again. Bill Belichick, uh, and there aren't a lot of people who have success versus uh, Patrick Mahomes, but Bill Belichick has put together some decent game plans against a younger Patrick Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes now has put his cape on, and he's playing at a whole nother level. Uh, but if there is a defensive mind out there who could come up with a really good game plan, considering the resources that the 49ers have at their disposal, it would be Bill Belichick. So keep that in mind. Just Throwing it out there, right? And I know he brought up Mike Vrabel as uh, another name that, and these are all rumors. Sure. There's nothing substantive about this. Um, but I would take Belichick over Vrabel right now as a defensive coordinator. I don't know if you'll get either one of them, honestly, the truth be told. But both of those guys are potential home run hires. And they'll be temporary because neither one of those guys, I think, would have that job longer than a year or two. And if they do ultimately help him accomplish his goal of beating the Kansas City Chiefs with a really, really, you know, uh, advanced, modernized game plan specifically tailored to stop and neutralize Patrick Mahomes, they would instantly make themselves head coach candidates again. Uh, just because that is so valuable in the NFL right now. If you can come up with a game plan that can – 
neutralize that guy and stop Patrick Mahomes, you'd automatically become one of the top leading candidates for a head coaching job. So watch that. That's, that's the buzz that's out there on the West Coast, that Belichick could be top of mind for my boy Shano in upgrading a you know, defense now, coordinator. Well, look, he's to the end of the line as far as any you know, coaching jobs and jobs. So if he wants to work in football next year, you can do worse than coaching that defense. That's a good defense. And uh, working with that coach who you have a lot of respect for. And, of course, they, they worked together to make the Jimmy Garoppolo trade back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's familiarity, as you said, uh, high respect between both sides. So, And I'm sure it, start, it stemmed for Bill Belichick all the way back to, to Kyle's dad, Mike, and the Mike oh, yeah. Shanahan influence on that. That would be interesting. That would be one of the big stories. Uh, we talked huge. about it if the Cowboys had hired uh, Bill Belichick to be their defensive coordinator which uh, wasn't going to happen, but interesting that Kyle Shanahan – and that would be a splash. I mean, because quite honestly, your, your buddy Shanahan is getting ripped coast to coast for yes, he is. scapegoating and you yep. know, talking about his offense and what he didn't do. And mm-hmm. He had to know that's coming too, but I will say to your credit, you told all of our audience before that he, you knew that Shanahan was disappointed in the defense and maybe know that it – disappointed out the road. It just wasn't working. It just wasn't working. And you had, yeah. you had told us last week, even if they won the game, Mm-hmm. There, there very well could have been a move. So this, uh, didn't, yeah. so and that's and that was in in, in the in the works. So, you know, it, it's a bad look. You might want to wait a few weeks or something if you're Shanahan. But no, he's he's going to take the P, the PR lumps. And you know, if he landed Bill Belichick, that would be huge. That would be huge. Belichick doesn't have a job now. Nobody knows what Belichick wants to do. So I think that's more important. Does he want to just hold out for a head coaching job? Would he even take a coordinator job? I don't know. But make him tell you no. Well, and if he says no, then call Vrabel. I agree with that, too. If he says Vrabel no, wants Vrabel. to be a head coach again. I know so does Bill Belichick, but Mike Vrabel's much younger. Yeah, so he'd take a coordinator job. Sure. He can reinvent himself. Um, and what, and what, uh, what organization better to reinvent yourself with an organization where all the coordinators become head coaches? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> head coach candidates. And I'm with you. I think if Vrabel can just – if you win a – if, if, if the 49ers win a Super Bowl, Vrabel's going to get all the credit. That's the thing about it. If, he, if the 49ers do win a Super Bowl, let's say they, they go back and they beat uh, Patrick Mahomes, Shannon's not going to get most of the credit. The Most of the credit will go to whoever that defensive coordinator is they bring in because he's been trying to do it now and hadn't been able to do it. If he makes a big splash like a Vrabel or a Belichick coming in, they'll get a lot of that credit. And I think that's one of the uh, I think um, alluring things and appealing things about potentially getting that job. So we don't know. Maybe it's going to be a splash. Um, you know, he's had more success promoting from within, but I don't think there's anybody on the roster now from that I studied that would be a better, I don't know, a better pick for that defensive coordinator job. He didn't have anybody on his staff right now that he was grooming like he did Robert Sala and like he did uh, D'Amico Ryans. He didn't have the guy that he came up with. All right. right Good stuff, Ross Rantz. Uh, the big story with Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan moving on from Steve Wilkes and the, uh, uh, the criticism that's coming from it. Uh, good stuff with Rod. We'll come back. We'll hear from the new Cowboys defensive coordinator. Also hear from Mike, um, Tiger Woods. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all taking the course out in uh, L.A. today. Uh, Tiger coming back. Good to see him out there on a golf course for sure. Also some bullisher BS for the end of the hour. It is Hook'em Up with E and Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Hook up rolls on. It is a uh, busy Thursday. A lot happening. We've got uh, plenty of coaching conversation. Golf will tee off here in a little bit out at Riviera. But, uh, Ty, can you pull up the uh, Mike Zimmer audio from yesterday's press conference? This is interesting. Mike Zimmer is the uh, 
new defensive coordinator in Dallas, and he was uh, introduced yesterday. Let me know when you have that ready time. We'll let our audience hear that because it was, you know, the, the, the conversations, Rod, centered around, well, because you remember, if you remember, the Thursday before the Super Bowl, the NFL Honors event was when, report, when all the reports surfaced that the Mike Zimmer deal was done, mm-hmm. right? And um, then it did, you know, nothing came of it until we got to uh, – you know, this week, right? I mean, early this week. And then on Sunday, Rex Ryan was on ESPN talking about how, you know, maybe that job's not done yet. And then there were reports that he was, you know, still lobbying to be the new defensive coordinator. Uh, So let's start with this. Here's Mike Zimmer uh, when asked about, uh, you know, what took so long? What happened between last Thursday and actually getting this deal done? Were there negotiations? Was there a chance it wasn't coming? Well, what actually happened? Here's Mike Zimmer in Dallas yesterday. Talk about the process of uh, getting this job and everything. Just, um, I think reports started coming out on Thursday that things were closed. Just what were these last few days like for you and closing the deal and, and kind of what, what happened there? Yeah, well, my, my, my daughter who lives with me was, was throwing up for three days, and she got me sick. So I was in bed for a couple of days, and then the Super Bowl was going on. So, you know, we, we kind of really just slow-played it and kind of went from there. So um, it wasn't any uh, intense negotiations or anything like that. I knew I wanted to be here. I knew they wanted me to be here. And, I'm, you know, I was told by – oops, sorry. Somebody calling for a job. Um, <laughs> It really, it really was. Yeah, it really was. Uh, so, so, um, but it, we knew we would get it. You know, I was told we were going to get this thing done anyway. So it wasn't, it wasn't any big deal. So, did you see Rex Ryan's comments? And did you, was there anything? I, I see a lot of Rex Ryan comments. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I see a lot of Rex Ryan comments. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, I'm sure he actually is getting calls for people who want to be on that staff. I would work with Zimmer. And I was happy to see for the Cowboys that but it was uh, Mike McCarthy sitting next to him. It wasn't Jerry Jones. Like, I mean, Mike McCarthy, his head coach, was sitting next to him. That's who you want to see, right? To me, because I don't know how much influence Mike McCarthy had on the hire, but at the same time, those are the two that now have to work together to help the Cowboys make the next step. And I think Mike Zimmer's a really good coach. Um, you know, I know a lot of people think retread in 67. This guy can coach defense mm-hmm. uh, wherever he's been uh, at yeah. any point in his career. You know, damn near took the Minnesota Vikings to the Super Bowl. Uh, had great defenses in Dallas, great defenses in Cincinnati, and then Minnesota. And so, look, the Cowboys have talent, right? I mean, they got to fill some holes at linebacker and some other pieces, but this guy, if he brings... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, a little, a little more intensity, a little more discipline to what they can be. Uh, you know, this, this can be a championship defense, right, I think, with, oh, yeah. with the talent on it. Um, and I think the real question, uh, you know, cause I think Zimmer's system is pretty, you know, I think it's stable, um, and I think it's a modern system. You know, what's his plan for Micah? Yeah. That, um, that's one thing I would have, you know, I'm interviewing defensive coordinators. One of my top three questions would probably be, you know, what's the plan for Micah? I need you. I need you to lay it out for me. What your vision is to use Michael Parsons, who we're about to pay this guy and make him the highest-paid defensive player in the history of the game. Um, he is a potential defensive player of the year kind of talent. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame talent. So if he's going to be considered the, the best player on our team, second, third best player on our team, we're going to pay him like that. 
What's your plan? And I'm assuming Mike Zimmer had a really good answer for how he wanted to weaponize Micah Parsons. Um, it'll be a lot different. Listen, Dan Quinn's system was perfect for Michael Parsons. It was. It was a, a, a system built on positionless football, a system built on hybridism. Um, he wanted hybrid athletes. He loved having hybrid athletes on that defense, and they drafted the best hybrid defender in all of the NFL in Michael Parsons. So it was a natural fit. And, yeah, he became more and more of an edge-rushing presence toward the end of Dan Quinn's tenure. But Dan Quinn was great at moving him around the front. That's why Dan Quinn used so many twists and stunts on the defensive line and on the defensive front because you could put Micah, you know, as an off-ball linebacker but still end up twisting and stunning him to the outside on the edge. You can put him on the edge and twist and stun him to the inside and have him matched up on a, a really a less athletic guard. You know, there were just so many different things you could do with him. Now, Mike Zimmer's system is not as multiple – um, it is not a system built on positionless football or hybridism. So I just wonder, or is he going to be static more? Uh, he usually just runs kind of an old-school 4-3 when they run base. If that's going to be the case, are you just going to have him out at the edge? Just as a traditional defensive end? Are you going to put him in off-ball linebacker some? Is it depend on the matchup? Does he move around at all? Is he just now an edge rusher and that it? I, I wonder now what's the plan um, for Micah. I, I love the Mike Zimmer hire. I think it's actually going to be a really good one. He has success versus the Shanahan offenses, and people are like, oh, man, really? Shanahan offense? Yeah, that's important because <laughs> they're the third offense in the NFL now or from the Mac Shanahan coaching tree, and you've been knocked out of the damn playoffs by Shanahan offenses every year, whether that be a Green Bay offense or whether it be the San Francisco 49ers. So, yeah, finding a defensive coordinator that has uh, a, a system that matches up well with the counters those systems really well is important. Um, so in addition to that, that will probably be one of my first two two or three questions too. Hey, how do you match? What's your plan against these Shanahan offenses? And then number two would have been, hey, what's your plan for Micah? So I hope, I hope both of those questions were answered because those are important. They have to be. I mean, because that's I – mean, you've got all pro players. I mean, and how are you going to weaponize them? And obviously Dan Quinn was there when they, they turned the defense and Micah Parson was drafted and, as you say, positionless football and letting him just be the ultimate weapon. But you've got to have some structure to it. Uh, I think there's also been the – you know, some of the criticism towards Micah Parsons, right? We remember uh, Jesse Holly talking about, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he's not studying enough, not yeah. working hard enough, a little distracted, doing podcasts, maybe not putting the time in. Um, but we did hear from Radio Row in Vegas that uh, Micah Parsons, C.D. Lamb, at least talking about yep. taking a step forward maturity-wise, uh, you know, taking the defense to the next level, being more accountable in the locker room. All those things have to happen. But, man, I know this about Mike Zimmer, uh, wherever he's been as a defense coordinator, head coach, he demands accountability. I mean, yep. he, he demands – uh, and it's, you know, it, it's booting the ass kind of stuff for sure. Uh, sure. All right, there's that. Rod's got uh, interesting, if you just tuned in, Rod was talking about uh, Kyle Shanahan. Could Bill Belichick be actually a candidate for the San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator job? That would be a fascinating. They're close. They're, they're close as yeah, coaches. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're close. Like Bill Belichick and Shanahan clan are close. So um, if he would do it with anybody, it would be with the Shanahan's. He's got a lot of respect for them. Yeah, that would be huge, uh, obviously. Uh, also wanted to place this, too, because uh, one, of, one of the top sports stories today will be Tiger Woods uh, Tiger, teeing Tiger, off Tiger at Woods, uh, Riviera, the Genesis Invitational, which is his tournament. And um, let's hear from Tiger yesterday because everybody wants to know, you know, how is he, how's he feeling um, uh, health-wise. He spoke yesterday on how he got back into competition shape, what's been the process of getting ready to be ready to go 72 holes in this event. He's also said he's going to try to play one tournament a month, and he wants to be in the majors. So okay. here's Tiger Woods on uh, the process of getting back into competition shape. It's been an ongoing process. Um, you know, the – the, where the how the body feels, you know, from a day to day and the grind of trying to practice and get ready for an event, and 
um, uh, just the overall just aging process of it all. Uh, it, that has been the, been the trick of it, and you know, been the challenge of it. I had you know two soft events, you know, playing at Hero and and uh, the, the PNC, and so you know, those trying to get used to the new feels of the, of the body. And the, and the challenges of, of trying to get tour ready, uh, that's, you know, that's been uh, what we've been trying to do for the last you know, couple of weeks uh, and try to be make sure that I'm physically fit and ready uh, to play this event and uh, being ready for tomorrow. And we have a, you know, work cut out for us and look forward to it. All right. Uh, one other from Tiger because he was asked about, uh, you know, how long do you want to play golf? Because we've talked about when he's 50, he can go dominate the Champions Tour and ride oh, a cart, yeah. Rod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he can, you know, fill taker. that competitive juice. Yeah. And, and much like we talk about who's going to fill the, uh, you know, the, the interest in the NBA when LeBron and Steph Curry move on, you know, you know if Tiger Woods, when he joins the Champions Tour and starts winning tournaments there, the, the TV ratings for that will go through the roof, right? Through and that's what we're talking about, these, uh, these, what do you call them, force multipliers. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tiger Woods is absolutely that uh, when it comes to TV ratings and TV sets and uh, ticket sales and things of that nature. Now with his new, uh, you know, brand, the uh, Sunday Red brand that he's now got. Here's Tiger. When, uh, how long do you want to keep playing this game? Because some have thought maybe he'd retire and stop playing golf. Here's Tiger yesterday refuting that. Yeah, my, my ankle doesn't hurt anymore um, because, no, the bones aren't rubbing anymore. But then again, it's different. Then other parts of my body have to take the brunt of it, just like my, my back is fused. And so other parts of my body have taken the brunt over that. And you know, I have you know, two different body parts that are, are now fused. Um, yeah, it, other, other parts of the body have to adapt. And as far as the, the love, the love, I still love competing. I love playing. I love being a part of the game of golf. Um, this is a game of, of a lifetime. And... I don't ever want to stop playing. Um, I love being able to compete. I love being able to enjoy different conversations from across time. And uh, for instance, like today, be able to play with two great athletes um, and the cross-pollination of that happens with other sports and with this, this, with this game. I, I love that. I love having, and I don't ever want to, to lose that. All right. So Tiger Woods wants yeah. to never stop playing. So that would tell you, look out, Champions Tour. I guess so. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. And we'll see how this goes this year. I mean, he, as he says, he's not. there's no pain in his foot now in that ankle. Of course, this was the uh, the tournament after which he had his ter- car accident that led to the the worst of his injuries right now. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we, we forgot, I mean, the car accident's one thing, and he almost had to lose his leg. Well, now he also has got his back fused multiple occasions i mean he's got he's got all kinds of things going on there so the the, the rigor of 72 holes and um you know there's, there's a debate this week we'll even make the cut because there is going to be a cut at this event uh from 70 down to 50 uh into the weekend so can tiger get into the into that spot uh, we'll see it'll be fun and if he can make it into the weekend we know the tv ratings will be gangbusters yeah i'll just yeah i'm with you i just think it's uh it's too tough on tiger toward the the end of those tournaments by the time he makes it to the final he's just worn out having to walk the course. Um, so hopefully uh, that, that senior tour you're talking about where he can use the cart. Would he, uh, really, like, would he really go on the senior tour, though? I think he would. Mm. If he, the way he's talking there, him. he would. Yeah, I think there's a thought that. of that. But, I, I mean, he's a competitor, though. I mean, he can show up and win tournaments. Maybe I mean, if he, he's, he's, done with, he's done with the PGA Tour, he could make, his, make some money, get a live tour. Well, that's true, too. I mean, he's already uh-huh. turned down live. We'll then they offer him like a billion dollars. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, he's already turned that down. But it's not like Tiger needs money. <laughs> Tiger's pretty well off. He don't need to breed. Uh, but we'll hear from Tiger coming up in our At the Turn segment at 8.30 about you know, live and how the uh, current live players could make it back to the PGA Tour at some point. But I mean, we'll ask that question on the text line, 512-447-3776. Would Tiger Woods ever play the Champions Tour? I just assume he would. Uh, go out there and compete because, um, he, look, he's not the he's, he's not going to be, I don't think, competitive with these guys, right? The Scotty Schefflers and no you know, the, the, the best players in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's what we thought last time he won the Masters. Well, I know, but that was before the car accident. Yep. Well, you know. that, that was before he shattered his leg in a million yeah, pieces exactly. and, and had to have his yeah. leg amputated. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a whole different animal. And that's what leads to the issues walking and – Hey, never doubt the heart of a champion. I'm not going to doubt it. I just don't think he can do it. Consistently. Uh, that's, my, that's my opinion. Yeah. I just don't see it. But at the same time, you know, it would be an amazing story. Just like when he won the Masters coming back from all the back surgeries, it was unbelievable. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, I think at this point he's just not there with the best players in the world over 72 holes. So, you know, when you see he'll be 15 in a couple of years, I do think he, he would uh, get out there and kick some ass. I'd like to see him get out there and kick some ass, Rod. That'd be good. I mean, honestly, <laughs> people would watch. It, it, and ties right. I mean, that's the question for him, I guess. Pride wise, does he think it's beneath them? I and mean, we, we're essentially having a very similar conversation about whether uh, Bill Belichick, a goat, right, would decide. You know, I'll be a coordinator. Uh, you know, for the 49ers if they ask me to do something like that. And that's about pride. Um, and these guys who have reached the ultimate mountaintop have been considered the goat, the greatest to ever do it in their profession. Um, do they love the game that much where they would just kind of take a, a relegated role or take a diminished role, period, just because they want to be around the game and they love the game that much? We don't, nobody can answer that question except those guys. Yeah, and, and we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of good big names that play on the Champions Tour now I mean, that, that, that were major champions. Patrick Harrington's out there and um, Davis Love III and guys who he played against and competed against for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and obviously he would bring a lot of exposure oh, to the Champions man. Tour that, that does not get right oh, now. Nobody, I mean, that would be, they'd be the highest ratings <laughs> that they've ever had for the Champions. Yeah, the, ever, oh, 100%. of all time. Yeah, hundred percent. And Phil Mickelson was actually playing in some Champions events before he joined the Live Tour. I didn't realize that actually. Yeah, he was. Uh, well, we know why Phil was playing. Yeah, money. Exactly. <laughs> if Phil had money on it, if Phil, Phil was playing for the cash, 100%. we know how Phil was playing. All right, we Phil. come back. We will uh, play some bullish or BS, Rod. We'll have some conversations Faux that uh, we are calling BS on or that we're bullish on. Let's talk about with Ian Rod B. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. Rolls on. It's Bullish or BS time. I know that the uh, Kansas City Super Bowl parade obviously marred by tragedy and uh, horrible in- uh, events after. Uh, and I did see a rude piece of news this morning that, uh, and certainly bullish on this, that all 12 children who were uh, injured and uh, struck by gunfire are going to be okay and are going to be, be uh, full recovery, it says here, which is very, very good. Uh, obviously, one uh, young lady lost her life uh, in that, that uh, hail of bullets and gunfire. Uh, tragic for sure. But before that uh, horrible incident, they were having a good old time. Did you, did you see that Isaiah Pacheco was actually carrying a real live goat? Uh, I did not. <laughs> yeah, like a goat with was a jersey on. A little, little baby goat? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Isaiah, you're carrying Makes an sense. actual goat. Did he give it, he hand it to Patrick Mahomes? 
I was he supposed to be? Was it, it was obviously representing Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah. So I had a mini go. Had to be. Had to be. That's fantastic. Um, I love that. I love that. At one point in the NBA, there were, uh, LeBron James's teammates they would make goat noises every time he do interviews. They'd be like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> <laughs> he'd by. He'd make a goat noise. I love that. So well, cool. <laughs> that's a great segue because I wanted to play this, and then we'll debate bullish or BS. But uh, listen to this uh, segment from ESPN so yesterday. Cool. Uh, it was, here's Teddy Bruschi. Who, of course, played with Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. And then Randy Moss talking mm-hmm. about um, the greatest of all time, right? Tom Brady's the greatest, but how about Patrick Mahomes? And here's their debate about uh, the first six years of their careers. There's only going to be two quarterbacks on that tier, and Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady will stand alone. If yep. we're talking the first six seasons, okay, I, I believe there is a difference. If we're talking the first six, because yeah. Patrick came in and his first year as a starter, I believe, wins the MVP, and all of a sudden the whole team's on his back immediately. I was there for the first six years of Tom Brady when he started out as a scout team quarterback, and we thought this guy was just a, a an afterthought because Drew Bledsoe was the starter. Okay, Tom came in. Tom really developed those first six years. Tom needed the defense and the running team around him. In 01, Tom Brady was only responsible for one touchdown with his arm. Okay, in that entire playoffs, we had multiple special teams touchdowns for touchdowns. We had defensive touchdown in the Super Bowl. Ty Law took it back. That's how we won, really, as a team right there. Tom Brady was a complimentary piece. That's the big difference from Patrick Mahomes in these first six years. The 91 touchdown passes, yeah, but from the jump, Patrick Mahomes came in, and he's been the man, and that's the difference. Now, Tom, listen, Tom went to another team and won a Super Bowl. Okay, (laughs) we're not even talking about here, but that first six seasons, Patrick. Are you catapulting Patrick Mahomes over Tom in the first six seasons, Teddy? In the first six seasons, Patrick Mahomes is playing better quarterback than Tom Brady. There you go. Uh, I agree with that. I do, too. Yeah, I think Tom Brady would agree with that, too. Yeah. Um, will Patrick Mahomes be playing better quarterback in his 40s? I don't know. Because <laughs> Tom be Brady playing. was playing like an elite quarterback in his 40s. Uh, that, I, I think Tom Brady in his 40s was better than Tom Brady in his 20s. If you go look at the stats. He was. That, that was <laughs> right? yeah, so, when he, we hit his 40th birthday, he started playing some of his best football. Yeah, and the fear is, uh, the, the fear for all of the NFL is, Let's just pray Patrick Mahomes doesn't age like Benjamin Button the way Tom Brady did. Because if he does, good Lord, we're all in trouble. If, he, if his 40s are going to be anywhere close to what he is right now or better, then we're gonna be, it's going to be a long couple of decades <laughs> sure for the is. rest of the NFL. Uh, because, yeah, that's, quarterbacks have never aged this well. Quarterbacks are aging better than they've ever have, and that's that's not just Tom Brady. That's all of them, and there's no reason to think that Patrick Mahomes won't age that well. The only reason that Patrick Mahomes may not age that well is because Patrick Mahomes, although he works hard, he's, he doesn't take care of his body like Tom Brady does. Now, Tom Brady was obsessed with TB12, and he never ate fried foods, and then have a beer, and then would eat just you know, grilled chicken with no seasoning. And just, I mean, just his, his entire life revolved around how do I maximize uh, every advantage I have, and how am I given? How do I fight Father Time with every fiber of my being? And TB12 helped him do that. Um, the looks of the dad bod that Patrick Mahomes says he likes to eat some shrimp and chicken. And he was drinking chicken, some uh, Coors Lights yesterday. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> so the hope is that Patrick Mahomes and the dad bod that he's not as obsessed, you know, with his body and the physiology and health and wellness as Tom Brady and TB12. So maybe in his 40s he won't be better than he was in his 20s. Yeah.
Uh, we'll see. You'll see because you're right about that. Alex Guerrero, his uh, body, oh, his body man. coach, he calls yeah. him, helped extend his career and he actually really make him uh, more agile uh, after some early injuries in his career. But yeah, that's a good debate right there. But I think it's absolutely true. I don't think we've ever. I think it's fair to say we don't know where the all-time legacy will be, but. There's never been a quarterback to have a first six-year run like Patrick Mahomes has had. No. It's never been done. It's so, never been done. Period. Tom Brady didn't do it. Uh, it's never been done. Yeah. I mean, with that, just like with the clutch gene thing with, with Patrick Mahomes, it, it crosses sports. I mean, you're looking for any athlete in any sport that has begun the, their, the first five or six years of their career like this guy has done. Man. It's very rare. I, I don't think we've seen anything like it at any sport. Tiger. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but that's about team sports. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. As an individual sport, yeah, maybe, but not in a team sport. Because then you got to go into Michael Phelps and all that. I'm talking about just team, American team, pro sports. We haven't seen anything like it. Nope. But you're right. Individual, we probably, maybe we've seen some of those young guys. Because like, Michael Phelps had a hell of a start to his career. And like, guys like gold medals and stuff. I don't know how old he was, but you got to be really young to do that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, but sure. Uh, but as far as, yeah, early success, I mean, Tiger was, was great from the beginning uh, and dominated. And when you, well, gosh, won the Masters when he was 21, 20 years old uh, <laughs> by big numbers. But, yeah, I mean, as far as team sports, I mean, gosh, people can, can send examples. I don't even I, – I can't. It's, it's hard. To, I, I don't it's, even think it's anything close. What, Wayne Gretzky, I don't know. i got to look up some stuff. Great, that's an interesting Gret- one, Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky he, had a hell of a start. Yeah, because, I mean, your nickname's the great one. That's pretty yeah, good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, I, I will admit I'm a little ignorant to the hockey stuff, so that, it very could be. I haven't heard anybody make that comparison, though, so I'm assuming even hockey people have <laughs> decided that Patrick Mahomes' start to his career is better than, you know, the, the, the GOAT, the great Wayne Gretzky, which is, I don't know, it's just, it's just freaky, man. Uh, yeah. What do you have for us on bullish or BS, Rod B? Yeah, uh, that's crazy. Um, okay, um, how about oh, you know what? This is kind of uh, bullish or BS. Kind of, it's a little bit of both. Bullish or BS? Bullish or BS? Travis Kelsey. Um, are we ha- are we bullish on him becoming a Hollywood exec? Ooh, because he's an executive producer for a new movie. Um, and I don't even know how he got hooked up with this, but he's expected to go Hollywood via. Tatian Siegel of Variety. Kelsey will serve as executive producer for an independent film, My Friend, My Dead Friend Zoe. And I have no idea why and how he is an executive producer on this film. Someone said Hollywood is risky, right? On a scale of 1 to 10, Hollywood is a 9.5, especially in terms of independent film success. Um, so it's still a risk. Having Kelsey's name attached to the film will add potential the potential reward, especially for fans of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. It's going to debut at South by Southwest on March 9th, which means Travis Kelsey will probably be in town for South by Southwest on March 9th. Well, there you go. Leave, leave Taylor. Bullish or BS? Exec. Hollywood exec. <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Uh, I know this. He was bullish on the booze yesterday. He was absolutely hammered. At the parade, oh, no <laughs> he, was doubt he was. They were able to hold him up. Was, oh man! It was it was rivaled Tom Brady when he was uh, on the boat in oh, Tampa can, Bay. Oh, I can believe that. And tried to throw the Super Bowl trophy. Almost threw it in the river. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I, 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 no, I'm calling BS on that. Calling BS on that. Yeah. Why would they put him? Why would they even put his name on it? He's going to be a stay-at-home dad for Taylor. Oh. T Swiss. Really? And and he's going to start having babies. And simulcasting with his brother. Yeah, doing the podcast thing. Yeah. I don't know about major movie exec. Hey, By the way, Taylor Swift was not at the parade yesterday. Thank she's, God. Uh, we mentioned she's got a show in Australia so there tomorrow be, night. There'll be more kids would have been there. Young people would have been there. So yeah. I'm glad she didn't show up. Absolutely. I think that was part of it. We'll be back. Hook them up with Ian Rodby.